wonder and the excitement has come upon us. Merry Christmas. You all are more of a robust crowd than that. I know you can do it a little bit better. Merry Christmas. The tables have been set. The room has been lit. I know that your homes have beautiful decorations in them. And here at our home, church, it has decorations as well. I love that you can see lights on a house or stars in the sky. It reminds us of Christ's birth. I love that you can see presents under the Christmas tree and it can remind you of Christ's birth. And I love that you can even see a candy cane and it will remind you of Christ's birth. And so tonight, I invite all of the children to come join me over at our Advent wreath because there is some light that we need to add to this room. Come on over. You can sit right here. You can sit right there. The Advent wreath has a couple of different words that help us draw near towards Christmas. Hope. Can you all say hope with me? Hope. It's a big word. But hope that we have in Christmas is something that we have in our hearts. And we're so excited that Christmas is coming. And we hope that this Christmas will be even better. And we have hope that Christmas is an amazing time of year because Jesus has come. Can I have somebody come and light the candle of hope? Reese, would you come forward? Please go ahead and light the candle of hope. Wonderful. Thank you, Reese. The next candle is peace. Couldn't we use a little more peace in our lives? Yes. And so this Christmas, as it draws near, peace is in our hearts. And we know that Jesus brings the ultimate peace. So let's light the next candle. Can you come on up? Thank you. Joy. I know as Christmas draws near each and every day, I become more joyful, not only because of the presence under the tree or because houses are more decorated or people are just more jolly in general. But because of the joy that Jesus gives us, we know that all of the darkness in the world can be shut out because God has come and it brings us great joy. Would someone like to do the joy candle for us? Come on up. Thank you. Come on over this way. Thank you, Alex. We have one candle left. It's the candle of love. Love this time of year is abounding. As we see friends and family 
and no doubt you've given a dozen or so hugs already tonight. Love has come in the form of a child. God loved the world so much that he gave us his one and only son. And that's why we celebrate Christmas. Stuart, would you light our candle of love? We wait to light the Christ candle. We wait because we are waiting for the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. All right, you guys can go back and sit with your families. Well, we had a slight change there, so that threw me off anyway. Say hi to your neighbor. And if you wouldn't mind scooting, uh, let's all, which, someone point one direction or the other. Which one do you want to go, that way or that way? Uh, that way. You said it. So everybody scoot this way on your aisle. So that will make room for visitors, if you can, uh, and scoot down. And that will make it easy for people who are visiting uh, to come and find a seat. So shift all the way down and then say hi to your neighbor. Welcome.
This evening we turn to scripture, and the scripture to which we turn is that of the gospel according to John in the first chapter. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the light was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood, or of the will of the flesh, or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh. And... Word became flesh and lived among us. Fall on your knees, oh, hear the angel voices. Christmas. Stop. 
Lord, we thank you for this family and we adore you together. Oh, come let us adore him now. We adore you, Lord, oh, come. Oh, come let us adore him now. Oh, come let us adore Father, Lord, we worship, we adore you, we glorify you. And Lord, we thank you for this place that we can come and gather as family. Lord, and see faces we, we haven't seen in a while, Lord. And we thank you that we are reunited with your, your sons and daughters, Lord. That we could be in this place and sing out to you to give you praise, honor, and Lord, we thank you for the hope that you give us in this place. Amen. Stand together, we sing, Oh, come all ye faithful. Oh, come all ye faithful. Joyful and triumphant. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
Come adore and come adore on bending knee, Christ the Lord, the newborn King. 
Amen, amen. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Please be seated. Wow. That's a great way to worship, isn't it? I'm loving this. Not only is it great carols from years gone by, but set to new beats. I love it. It's just fabulous. Welcome to the San Marino Community Church. I'm Reverend Jeff O'Grady, the pastor of the church, and on behalf of the Virginia Road Band and the staff and the session of the church, we're so glad you're here. Welcome and Merry Christmas. You know, one of the things I love about the Christmas story is that all of the characters in the story, from the shepherds to the wise men, so many people didn't overanalyze what they were experiencing that night. They just said, come, let's go see this thing that has been made known to us. So we're thrilled that you have come to see for yourself this thing that has been made known thousands of years ago and for thousands of years people have gathered to celebrate on this night. We're so glad that you are here in our midst. I will hope you enjoy the experience tonight. Now as you know the wise men came from the east And they came bearing gifts for the newborn king. So we're going to continue our worship now by bringing before God our gifts. They brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. We bring time, treasure, and talents. As our ushers come forward in just a moment, I'd like those of you who are sitting on the outside aisle, you'll find a friendship pad that's located there. If you'll sign it and register that you're here with us tonight, give us a little information so we can stay in touch with us. And inside, you may find some yellow connection cards. Write on those connection cards. Tell us something you would like us to pray for you or help us know how to assist you in getting connected with God and what God's doing in your life. We'd love to hear from you. So as we continue our worship, Let's now bring our gifts before this newborn king. Will the ushers come forward? Good news of great joy for everyone and every man. This will be Sign to you a baby boy in Bethlehem, come and worship. Do not be afraid. A company of angels, glory. Do not be afraid. 
worship and we adore you and we give back to you what you've given us. May our souls magnify you that people would see your great love and know your great name in this place and throughout the world. Let's sing that chorus together, voices only, my soul. My soul, my soul, it magnifies the Lord. My soul, it magnifies the Lord. He has done great things for us. He has done great things for us. Great things for us. Amen. Merry Christmas, everybody. Well, I said Merry Christmas. I, I expect a little bit of a response. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I want you to see a friend of mine named Fiona. We, me and Fiona go way back. And, and she wants to probably send me way back right now. Well, come on, Fiona. Why don't you come up and say hi to everybody? Come on. Ah, oh, come on. This is Fiona, and we love her so much. She was at our mission market earlier this year. She's the real thing. She's real. Yeah, you are real. Aww. Sometimes the manger can seem so distant and unreal at times, can't it? It can sometimes seem like a, just a story that it really didn't happen. Oh, you, are you too bright for you up here? We love you, Fiona. Say thank you to Fiona, everyone. Well, quietly, please. She's going to jump. And that's how it's done right there, folks. I got the okay a little from her owner. She said that was going to work. But uh, just remember, we're not going to do that again next year. So that's just a promise. And my boss did say, I don't know if you want to bring her on the stage again, James. So, uh, well, there you go. So this may be the last sermon I ever preach here. We've worked so hard to try to make the Christmas story real for you. And exciting for some of you kids, for whom you think this Christmas story is the least exciting thing about Christmas. But this is the real thing that we're talking about tonight. It really happened, and there were really animals, and it was really chaotic, and you didn't know what was going to happen. And it was messy. I think there's even a little bit of poop right here. Does that bother anyone? I'm, telling, I'm not kidding. It's right here. See... See, we sanitize the Christmas story. We make it seem so shiny and clean that we forget that it wasn't what we think it is anymore. Let's look at the scripture. Look at, let's look at the words that teach us about this, script, this Christmas story. From Luke chapter 2, verse 1 through 16. You can read it on the screen or you can just close your eyes and imagine if you want. These are the words of the Lord. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration, and it was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to their own town to be registered. And Joseph also went from Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was a descendant of the house and of the family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting 
a child. And while they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in bands of cloth and lay him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, in that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for I bring you good news of great joy. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and laying in a manger. And suddenly with the angel there was a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go now and see this thing in Bethlehem. And so they went with haste. And they found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. This is the word of the Lord. And we all say around here, thanks be to God. Now, this story starts out really, really, well, this part of the Christmas story starts out really mundane. It starts out in a way that I wouldn't start it out. It starts out with, okay, kids, do you know what the DM, raise your hand if you know what the DMV is, kids. Do you know what that is? Have you ever, you've been to the DMV? Good job. None of the kids in the other service, you know what the DMV is. If you haven't been to the DMV, kids, then I want to let you know that it is the nearest thing to hell on the face of the earth. It's the worst place that you could ever go. Ask your parents about it when you get older. They'll tell you. The DMV. This is the trip that they make because instead of registering their car, they're going to register their bodies, which is even kind of worse, isn't it? And and you start the story with the commodification of human beings. They're suddenly numbered and they want to number them to make sure they can tax them. Now, if any of you guys are out there kind of like anti-IRS types, then you're going to love this part of the story or hate it or whatever, because this is the beginning of the IRS right here, right? Everybody's traveling to their hometown so that they can be registered. Now, Joseph and Mary travel to their hometown to be registered or to Joseph's hometown called Bethlehem. Can you say that with me? Bethlehem. I didn't hear enough of the throat thing. Let's try it again. Because there's a little, there's a cold going around and we want to make sure everyone gets it, right? So, okay. Bethlehem. You hear that? You hear that kind of, kind of Jewish feel to it? Well, guess what, folks? So this story is about a Jewish family and a Jewish baby being born into a Jewish family. And they go to Bethlehem. And I have three kids now. We're not having any more in case you're on the edge of your seat. We've just, it's done. But I've learned over the course of three kids that a great way to get the baby to come early if you want it to would probably be a long walk to Bethlehem. So, so riding a donkey would be a great way to induce a baby. Too much information for the kids. I get it. But, you know, the babies come earlier if, if you do a long walk. And so they did that. And the baby came earlier than they wanted. 
kind of surprised them because they didn't have anything prepared. They weren't ready. Obviously, they didn't have a space prepared. This baby came when they didn't expect it or want it maybe at that time. And guess what? You have this beautiful sentence in the scripture where it says, and when they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. That's the part that that kind of sets the scene. But then you hear this. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. Beautiful, beautiful imagery. And she wrapped him in bands of cloth, snugly wrapping her baby. Still beautiful, very common, wrapping the baby in these, these scraps of clothing. And then she wrapped the baby in the cloth, and then she laid him in a manger. What? Now, kids, in case you're wondering what a manger is, it's the biblical equivalent of a dog dish. Jesus' first night on earth, when he was a very, ba- very young baby, was put into an animal's feeding dish called a manger. It looked, I, I, don't just, I don't think it looked just like this, but let's pretend. It probably looked like this. But it was definitely a place that the animals would have eaten from. And as, as we were trying to make this Christmas real, I, I was kind of trying to make it fluff it up, make it look a little more presentable or something. Uh, and, and I smelled this, and it stinks. It stinks to high heaven. I'm so sorry I sat you there. Are you allergic to hay by any chance? Um, you are? Uh, no, okay. Uh, I'm sorry I pointed you out as well in front of everyone. So, okay. So, point is, point is that um, this smells like that place near the Harris Ranch on the I-5. You know what I'm talking about? I call it Cowschwitz. It's, there's a million cows there. I know that's bad. And, but we turn off the air conditioning in our car because it's so disgusting, the smell. And if you don't turn off the air conditioning, you will regret it for at least 20 minutes. That's how bad it stank. So awful. So awful. And it was, it was, it's, we sanitize it. We make it look cute. We make it look pretty. But it's disgusting, the idea of having a baby there. And the reason that she had her baby there is because there was a guest room nearby. We're informed that there's a guest room. And we know that nobody was willing to say, hey, you know what? Uh, you can use my bed because I see that you're having a baby tonight. And you might need it more than me. I could stay up a little later or crash with someone else. No one was willing to do that. And so you get this sense that things are wrong in the world. Doesn't that feel wrong that the, that the baby had to be born inside of, the, inside of the tough shed in the backyard, but not that, just more gross? Because they just weren't willing to make room for the baby. What a, what a horrible... And then you have this second layer, this next sentence. And, and it's such a beautiful one. It's one of the shepherds. And I'd been preaching this message for years. For like three years, I've preached the same, same Christmas text. And this, word, this sentence has always skipped over me. It's, the shepherds were living in the fields. I thought, wait a second, how did I miss this? This, this text describes all these people who are just living in the fields around them. They don't have houses. These are people, if you study and learn about the shepherds of those days, they were convicts. Some of them, they just, this was not your best job. This was the end of the road for people. And they would have looked like what we associate with homeless people today and would have had rags hanging out their bodies and they would have smelled really, really bad. And you can imagine that these guys hanging out there, shepherds in the fields, they would have sit, sat there and they would have been talking to one another about their life and their history and about how things didn't turn out the way they wanted it and how this isn't exactly where they wanted to be in their life. And you know what? As they got 
through those conversations, they must have come to a place where they were saying, you know what? I just, I just give up. There's no way out for me. Clearly, we're just stuck here, guys. We're never going to make it out. We're stuck here in the fields and no one cares about us. And then they would have had moments where they were alone. Have you ever been in a place with no lights, no city lights, and seen the sky brilliantly lit? And then felt so small in the midst of the, the size of the universe. And as they looked up that sky, they must have wondered to themselves, is there a God? Am I alone in this universe? And if there is a God, does God actually care about us? These little, poor, disheveled people who are stuck in the fields, living there and living there and living there. They don't have homes. They live in the fields, keeping watch over their sheep. See, the, the, the darkness of this passage is right there. But in the midst of this, there's this supernatural being, an angel that appears in front of them. An angel appears right in front of them and stands in front of them. The angel appears with this glory of God, this bright light that fills up the whole entire field, this place that they've known for a while. But suddenly the whole field is filled with the glory of God shining around them. And then the text tells us that the angel said this, these words because the shepherds were afraid. They were so afraid. The angel says, do not be afraid for, for I am giving you the best news you've ever had in your life. The angel says, to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. Savior, meaning saving you, is going to rescue you from everything that you're stuck in, everything that you feel you can't get, your, get out of in your life, all those dead ends that you've been in in your life. The angel is saying to these shepherds that there's a way out. In fact, people who followed Jesus for the first decade and further, they were called the people of the way. Because they considered Jesus as the way out of all of what they had been stuck in in their life. And then as if this isn't enough, as if it hasn't gotten big enough for you, there are a multitude of angels who appear with this angel and they start praising God and singing this song. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he favors. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Okay, I don't know the words to that clearly, but but have you ever? I heard the San Marino Choir singing here in the sanctuary, and I realized how bad my hearing is. Halfway through the concert, I did this with my ears, and I felt like I could hear them for the first time. And I leaned forward because I didn't really want people to think their pastor was this emotionally unstable. And I just started to weep. I am that emotionally unstable, by the way, but. I just started to weep because I felt like I hadn't heard music that beautifully in such a long time. And, and if I think about that choir being a choir of angels singing music from heaven, how beautiful that must have been. And the text then says, and then they left and they went into heaven. And I just imagine the shepherds standing there in the dark. Did you just see that? And then they turned and the text says they said to each other, we got to go and see this thing. We have to go see this thing. And the text says that they go. They don't just go. They run. They run like they've never run before in their life. They run as fast as they can toward Bethlehem. 
And I don't know if that they found Jesus and Joseph and Mary in the first manger. Maybe they looked in a lot of mangers. Like, you know, like the life of Brian. Did you see that? They look in the wrong movie, manger in that movie. But this, this is like, maybe they looked in the first manger and they found just, just a donkey and some sheep and a normal manger and no baby. And they looked and looked until they found, maybe it was the first one they looked in. And they saw, the scripture says, Mary and then Joseph and the child lying in a manger. Tonight, somebody is going to experience for the first time in the midst of their darkness, light breaking through. And what it's like to have a messenger, and it may not be your first time. Maybe it's, the, maybe it's a time that you really need it right now. You've had a tough time. It's been a heavy season, folks. It's been tough. And you need to hear a messenger from God, a message from God telling you Don't be afraid. Maybe you will find yourself in a few minutes surrounded by all the candles that represent the hearts that are lit up by Jesus, raised in the air, and you will feel like the glory of the Lord is shining around you. And trust me, it's really natural to feel afraid in those moments because those are huge, pivotal, forever moments in your life. And those decisions that you make in those moments are huge. And just hear these words from God. Don't be afraid because this is the best thing that ever happened to you in your entire life. It's the best news you could ever have. And then I would recommend after the lights are blown out and the candles go out and you stand and you feel like the the songs that you've heard, you're going to hear Oh Holy Night in a second. I love that song. Songs that you heard that sound like angels singing, those have gone away from you. And what I would recommend you do in those moments is to run to Jesus, to run with everything you've got in those dark spaces and to run and explore for yourself so that you can find out that the God of the universe that's so far and so distant at times and you wonder if he even really exists, you can go and you can look and you can see and you can experience Jesus' love in your life. It is real. And he can be your savior too in this moment and forever. Let's sing a song that um, has always kind of transported me when I'm trying to bring Christmas back. Kind of feels tough sometimes. Um, and Richard's going to come up here and lead us. In, and we could all sing just as if we're kind of singing together as a family and reflect on the fact that Jesus really was born. 2,000 years ago. And he really did live a life that we can look into and explore and investigate and receive. He really did die for our sins and he really did all this for us. Let's continue in worship. Let's sing together. Away in a manger. Away in a manger No crib for a bed The little the little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head. The stars in the sky looked down where he lay. The little Lord Jesus asleep on the hay. The cattle are lowing, the poor baby wakes, the little 
Jesus, no crying he makes. I love thee, Lord Jesus, look down from the sky. And stay by my side till morning is night. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining.
join me in prayer. God of our salvation, we come to you on this wondrous night to gather and pray, to lift up your name with a friend, with our family, with a stranger. In the beginning, your creative work began with the word. And tonight, your creation continues with the Word made flesh. And on this holiest of nights, we join the everlasting chorus saying, Glory to God in the highest. Great is your name in all the earth. Like Mary, we ponder these things in our hearts and wonder how you would love us so much has to actually become one of us, one with us. We remember these stories this evening that reminds us of your steadfast love that affirm that you have never and will never give up on your children. And yet, Lord, on this night, on which we celebrate the fulfillment of your love, we recognize that there are many who are still waiting for fulfillment. The fulfillment of adequate food and shelter. The fulfillment of peace and the end of violence and war. The fulfillment of a restoration of a broken relationship. The renewing of heart and mind and body. The fulfillment of healing from chronic illness. Lord, we pray this night, especially for those who have traveled, traveled to be here. For those who have lost loved ones in the past year. For those who struggle with different illnesses. For those who work on Christmas. And for those who cannot be home this Christmas. Hear our prayers, O oh God. In all that we do, in all that we are, Send your spirit to send us forward with the majesty of this night and to share the grace we find with everyone we encounter. This we pray in your son's holy name, our Lord Jesus Christ. All God's people say, amen. At this point, I will hand this off to the Pennington family and with, uh, I will request you to follow the Pennington family to the courtyard where... 
candles will be provided for you. And please gather around the Christmas tree outside as we conclude our service tonight. Merry Christmas.